You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Ask me a question, I say, of course I like rutabaga. You'll know I didn't hear it. <laughs> I will make sure to look right at you when I ask. Well, no, I'll just do this because we're not on camera. We are it's not on thing. camera. It's a, it's a podcast. It's it's audio only. Yeah, we'll have to do a little bit of Makoto and, and Mr. Fujisawa. Nope, we didn't hear you. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, That's he's not exactly paying attention. Correct. Oh, there you go. But that that. El Hazard's probably the thing that we did together the longest. Yeah, we did, absolutely. Like the most episodes of something right. we were, and we were the two main and people. You, and you were... I was Makoto. Yeah, Makoto, right. Yeah, right. Makoto. Makoto. I, I never called you like Fujiharo. 14-year-old, you know, Fujiharo, I have right. no social skills, Makoto. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, you were ready to start this thing. Uh, yeah, you know what? We, we've already started. That was amazing. Now, I am Mitch. I am with Geek Elite Media. We are down here on the floor of Blazing Desert Comic Con in San Luis, Arizona. And I have with me Michael Sorek. Blazing. Wow. I'm Eddie. <laughs> it's a blazing con here. There are people melting in this auditorium. Thank God they turned on the air conditioning. <laughs> That's Mike, the one that sounds like a meat grinder's in his throat. <laughs> I mean, you both have a very long, luxurious career in, in voice acting, so I would imagine the meat grinder in the throat, is is that common? Is that a, is that a common mishap? No, I, I think what happens is it depends on the kind of voice you have. Some some people like Jameson Price and some and J.B. Blanc are based with, they're blessed with the voice of God, that deep, baritone, round, smooth tone that flows like honey. Like Michael McConaughey. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And then there's people like myself who have been blazed, blessed with gravels and rocks and in your Character. throat from day one. <laughs> exactly. And, and then, and then me, who's, who's blessed with the like prepubescent brainless guy. Right, right. Yeah. You, Joshua, Seth. Uh, now the new kid, that Aguilar kid's fantastic. He's wonderful to work with. There's a lot of great kids out there you know, so, that are coming up. So when you have to do a, a, a pre-pubescent voice like that, like, is it a lot of training that you have to call on? Do you no, because th this was my natural voice for a long time, and then, you know, you try to be older, and then you do enough screaming and stuff, and it actually becomes a little bit older. So, like, in fact, I was just working on the movie Greenland the other day. I was telling Mike, oh, yeah. and the world is being destroyed. Asteroids are hitting it, and I'm having to scream for people that are catching on fire from asteroids. And so I'm a little scratchy today. And, and we actually have a term for that. We call it a throat ripper. Right. It's a throat ripper session. And the sad part was when we started doing this, there was nobody that was recognizing that your voice is a finite resource. You can only scream for so long. No matter how talented you are, no matter how great your technique is, you can only scream for so long without doing permanent damage. And now they've gotten involved to where OSHA actually has come in and they are protecting people's voices 
But when we were going at it, it was just go, go, go. Could you be louder on that one? Yeah. He's yeah. like, what? That was back. as loud or, as I or, can go. Or you do like literally, okay, this guy's on fire. He's on fire for 12 seconds, then he jumps in the lake. And you do the cue, and you'd be going, like, ah, ah, yeah. uh, and he jumps like, Can we do it again? Well, you know, that was really great, but you're about a half second short. Could we do it again? <laughs> and it's like, I'm now to the point where I even tell young actors, when, you know, whenever I'm directing people, and they tell me, yeah, I'm on this new show, it's great, and they got me screaming all the time, and the producers come to watch me scream, and I'm like, you need to set up boundaries, because they will use you up. Mm-hmm. They will absolutely. But then again, the majority of stuff is not screaming. But right. if you like, if you're a voice actor on a video game, there's going to be, I know you do so many lines, and then they'll do, you know, loud, louder, loudest, you know, for if it's especially if it's a soldier type thing or something like that. But um, but we mostly were just doing character stuff forever exactly. and ever in a day, you know. So and that, then, that is a good question, though, on video games. Like, how often, how many times would you? on average have to do one particular line because I assume it's for different situations the interactiveness of a video game it depends who's directing it because yeah, a lot time of times you just read two, through the two pages or three. Yeah. You know, they want three takes or they want two takes and that's pretty much it and then if I was lucky enough to work on this game that can't be mentioned that's called uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy 7 the remake which oh. is coming out soon I was, I, I was like substitute director near the end when they re- really, I would have loved to have been the regular director, but anyway, I got to work on it for a while, and we were only taking two takes, and then you do a redirect if, if people aren't getting what you want, but that's about it. You're and not lots gonna, of times you'll want to do it again because you think it oh, stinks, yeah. but they know what they're they they know what the animation is going to be or whatever, and they right. go, no, 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 it's fine, and you go, or really? What's the response or what's coming before it and after it? Sometimes, sometimes we get these scripts, it's just your lines, and that makes it you're kind of shooting in the dark. I mean, you kind of have an idea from our wealth of experience, you know, from years and years of doing it, you kind of know what they mean. But I mean, when you have a line like no, there's a lot of ways you can say no depending on are you answering a question, are you are you setting up a boundary, what are you doing with that no? Yeah, exactly. So. What is it that you've learned the the most? I mean, I like I said earlier, you've got you've already had a quite luxurious career. But what is it that you've learned the most about yourself in doing these type of roles? Well, I don't know that I learned anything about myself. The thing was, is like way back when we started, we were kids, and so you were just thrilled to have a job that paid you like five times what minimum wage was, even right. though it was nothing in terms of like the grand right. piece of the pie. Um, so it was just, it was fun to just, to, to do it and to go in and you never knew where a certain character might go through the course of extra episodes or if they would die and then you would never do it again, (laughs) you know? So it was always an adventure. Um, and the thing was, is like, like, so Mike and I have known each other for decades, but we've That's never true. hung out. But I, no. I feel like we're good friends, <laughs> but yeah, even we, though we, you know, it's I like... I think we respect each other's work and each other's talent. And whenever we've gotten together, we've always had fun, you know? And that you can't say that about all the voice actors you work with, but for the most part, the community is pretty supportive and pretty nice. Right, but you don't, unless you're in a, quote, Walla session, 
you you might see like I'm leaving the studio as Mike's coming in. It's right. like, oh hey, good to see you, buddy. And then you know, but you you still feel like you know it really is a community, and you're all really close friends, even if technically you hardly know each other at all. You That's know? exactly right. And it's not like we have parties every month and everybody shows up. It's like everyone's trying to stay busy. Right. Or they're doing cons like we are. You know, it's. But it's but it is a community, and they can be very supportive when you know tragic things happen. You know, so that's a great thing about our community. Right. So, but as far as like learning, I mean, we almost learn more about ourselves from the cons where people come up and tell us what it meant to them when we were just young actors with not a care in the world, not had no idea that it would someday influence anybody in any way, shape, or form. So that's really gratifying and cool, especially as you can look back. And go, oh, I guess I guess that line reading was a good choice because it affected this kid in a certain way, right. who's now an adult, and and it was a meaningful moment in their life. Right. I also feel though there's a misconception about oh, how did you build this career? And it wasn't like you were trying to build a career. We were just like everyone else in this world. We were chasing trying a to paycheck. work, looking yeah, for a job. Exactly. We were just trying to get a job, and that led to another job. And sometimes you get a character where they. Like Eddie's on uh, when you did that on on Power Rangers. Power Rangers Frax in the Time Force season. Yeah, it was a two episode gig. Right, and it turned out being (laughs) one of the one of the five main characters. I mean, it's just (laughs) crazy with a big catharsis at the end of the season, and it's yeah, it's it's a whole famous thing now. Yeah, sometimes you don't even know when you go in how long it's going to last, and sometimes they don't know. You know, they're getting the elements from Japan and. They might not have the whole story arc, so they bring you in for a character, and all of a sudden, turns out that character goes on for three episodes or ten episodes, or like yours did. But again, so it's a reason why why we and other you know others like you talk about the Michael McConaughey, the Cam Clarks, the Lara yeah. Cody's, the, oh, yeah. the Dave Mallows that have worked a, a lot consistently through the years, because it's it it is that thing where you're looking at a script, and you're able to give them. Um, a performance without thinking about it that will mesh in the long run because you're recording your lines many times before the other person has recorded theirs. Exactly. So then, so like if, if Mike has gone in and done his stuff and I've got a scene with his character, now my line readings have to change to match the way that he, he started it all out. Yeah. And sure. And that's that's kind of a lot of fun too. But sometimes they won't play you the other line readings because they want to have you do it in original. And sometimes it meshes beautifully. And sometimes like eh, that didn't that? work out so well. Yeah. <laughs> As I say, a lot of people often say that you know acting is reacting, and you don't get the opportunity to react against the other person because they're not there. Not in dubbing. If, not if you're doing dubbing. original animation, uh-huh. you, you'll have the whole cast sitting in a room and just reading through the script, and then they'll you know you'll do it naturally one time with overlaps. And then the next time it'll be do your line and then pause before there's the next thing and then they'll make it overlap. But then they create the animation off that. But you're really working off of each other right. in that case. But that's rare. Yeah, I'd say that's that's the uh, that's a luxury, what we do. right? And yeah. I call that skating your own program. That's like you know when they have these figure skaters, they have to skate these little figures first. They don't do that anymore. But they used to have to do compulsories and then you do the free program. Well, original animation is the free program because you're able to just riff and you're able to add things and overlap. And like you say, it becomes a little more conversational where, you know, when you're doing a dub and the mouth goes ba, 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 you have to do three words. You have to have an M or a B and a P on all those ma, ba, pa. Right, if that's the case, right. But I just meant, you know, it's it's so like... (laughs) 
I always remember there was one where I, the, the the character's mouth made an ooh sound and then a very wide mouth and then another sound. And so he said, well, this this line isn't working. I said, well, let me try something. And they rolled and I went, ooh, ah, ooh. And that became the character's thing. And it's like, and it, oh, my God, that fits the lips perfectly. Ooh, ah, ooh. It's awesome. <laughs> so that, it's funny how that stuff works. There's a lot of stuff like that. Like I was telling Mike, you know, he, um, for anybody who is a Power Rangers Time Force fan, there, uh, what became a character thing with Frax was when his eyeballs popped out. There's this maniacal laugh where I, <laughs> right? But what had happened was, uh, when we originally did that and dubbed it, there wasn't a cue for when the eyes popped out. There was sort of the sound, just a sound effect of like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, where the eyes popped out and it went, uh-huh. and. It was pouring rain outside. Nobody wanted to go and leave and get in traffic in Los Angeles. And so I said, hey, let me try something. And so the eyes popped out, and I went, you know. And we all laughed so hard, I thought we were going to wet ourselves. I mean, we're on the floor laughing. It wasn't even that funny. But they left it in, and then two episodes later, his eyes popped out again. And you kind of had to keep it consistent, and it became a character thing. Yeah. And sometimes that just happens. Absolutely. So then when they make the toy and the toy toys eye pop out, do they use the, the maniacal I lap? wish that I had a toy <laughs> like that. In fact, you know, see, Mike's had several toys made oh, yeah. of his characters. I The oh, only yeah. toy I ever had made was Frax. And okay. it's got all the little pieces. You can't find a, a complete version of Frax because all the little pieces are missing if oh. they're, they're used by anybody. But, but also um, a lot of times when you make the toys, they're limited by how many bits they can put on True. that little sound bite. You know, it's not like right. you can have long phrases. Or, right. And sometimes they'll even change the voice. You know, sometimes they will, no, could you do the voice a little lower? I go, but that's not the character. Oh, we'll do it anyway, you know? Like, okay. <laughs> so then people say, gosh, you know, then you get on these, these fans posting, well, his voice in the toy wasn't like, I'm like well, dude, that's what they told me to do. <laughs> it's a, it wasn't my decision, right? Exactly. That reminds me of, like, uh, Laura Cody, who I've known forever. She's the one who actually got me into this. But she was talking Barbie. I'm hungry. And there was all kinds of people loved talking Barbie, and people thought talking Barbie, that's the wrong voice, you know. You can can win and you can't win, no matter whether whether it's a show or a toy or whatever. Some people love you, but one person out of 100 hates you. That's exactly right, no matter what you do. And hopefully it's not your mom. Yeah. So earlier you said you mentioned a term, a Wallace session? Yes. Okay. I'm assuming that's when the whole cast is in the one room? That's when you have a crowd scene and you so you have um, so you're making background noise of more than one person and but typically it, in the dubbing it's bits and walla session. Right, but so, also but also they don't <laughs> want the word walla actually indicates that they don't want to hear specific words, they want a bed of sound. So yeah. you would go walla walla. And, walla, 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 walla. Peas and, carrots, peas and, and then the other one was peas and carrots, which is what Eddie's doing. Yeah, peas and carrots. Or like it kind of sounds like someone talking, but it's not specific. Or there's a fellow Peter Chomsky, and you know, his dad uh, didn't want uh, didn't want any words at all. So that became known as Chomsky, where you go, I said, I'm this guy. Oh, you wanted that, yeah. It sounds like you're talking, (laughs) I have a great story about that. Yeah. But but when you have four or five people all going, it sounds like this room right here. (laughs) The background noise With all the background noise. So we were on a deadline, and we're doing Walla for this project. And Richard Epcar, who's a very famous voice actor, he was directing. Shout out. Super Nate, buddy. How you doing there, Richard? (laughs) So he's directing the session, and we're like, on a, on a crunch and so 
I was part of the Walla group, and it was supposed to be like an elegant cocktail party, you know, in like Victorian England. So, so we do. He says we're going to do three tracks of this. Okay, we're going to do three. We're going to roll it once. We're going to roll it again. You know, so you multi-track, so you create like 20 people with the five people we have in the room. So I started doing this. Guys, oh yes, you know, where have you been? Oh well, I've been hunting water buffalo. You know, and it was wonderful. <laughs> Talking blah, blah. to yourself. And so then, so then, the next clue they ran it back, and 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 so a little bit later in the same scene, while they're rolling the same thing, I'm going, oh yes, my shoes, you know, they're made out of water buffalo, you know. <laughs> and so then, so I did it again. I like planted that word three times. And so then they go, okay, so well, let's hear it all back, buddy. Let's hear it back. So Richard listening back, I was here. Everybody water is buddy. Water to buffalo, Richard. water buffalo. Goes, <laughs> That's awesome. Who the F is saying water buffalo? They got to do that again. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Listen, Mikey. That's not funny, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we try to have fun. You know, we do have a lot of fun. Thank God. I mean, you know, I wish we were curing cancer, but we're not. You know, so, and, and there's people roofing houses. You know, there's right, people who the people do real work. People working for a living, and, buddy. And, so we're we're really fortunate. We are blessed, and and the thing is, Eddie and I know we are blessed, and we are very thankful. Yeah. So uh, right now, you're talking about uh, Richard. Uh, you kind of went into a imitation of his voice, I assume. Oh, there's, I imitate a lot of these people. Some of them like it, some of them not so he much. He does a brilliant do Mike Reynolds. <laughs> I do a brilliant Mike Reynolds. Oh yes, of course. And then you know when I was developing voices for Gabapunta, which it <laughs> turned out it was exactly almost Mike Reynolds' ninjutsu voice. So now, if you think about Mike, but do it a little faster and angrier, it's Kerrigan Mayhan. That's true. I hadn't even thought of that one. Gosh darn. Yeah? We've got fans at our table. Yeah, yeah. you should definitely. We're doing a podcast right now as we speak. Okay. Who's your, it's okay, no, but no, who's you your can... favorite actor? Yeah, out of all these. Say that name. Eddie. 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 Oh, he there says you go, Eddie. He whispers there Eddie. Go, He's going to yell my name if I asked him. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I'm not going to yell. I just love Eddie because of the TN guy. Oh, Tangent. that's great! Thanks. That. What is the? I mean, what is it about that particular casting that that you you enjoy? I'm, I'm, the, I'm a Dragon Ball uh, fan. Oh. There you go. Don't like any of my shows, huh? Well, I don't even know your shows. You never saw Digimon? Where you been? <laughs> you might be a little young for that one. <laughs> Maybe uh, all my stuff <laughs> so, is old. Hey, uh, Actually, I do new shows when too, we're though. Done. Come back. I'll. T- I, I would love to chat with you. Okay. All right. Thank you. It's awesome. Sorry about that. You gotta Thank love you. fans. Yes, absolutely. So what I was gonna get into was that uh, when you have when you when you do work with your voice so much, do you find yourself mimicking the people in your life, or or you know, for your friends or stuff like that, either for work or just when you're talking to them? You know, when I was young, and I mean very young, like in the second grade, I had an ability to mimic people, and they actually. I started, I was in my class in second grade. I started imitating the principal because we would hear him every morning on the, on the morning, you know, on the morning announcements over the intercom. And my teacher said, oh my gosh, you do that great. I'm going to send you to the office. And I said, why? Because I did that. He goes, no, no, 
we're going to put you on the market. I was like, no. And then they actually, they did, they put me so on there. And awesome. I'll tell you how long ago it was. It was so long ago that I th- thought I'd throw in a little Walter, Walter Concrete, I call him, instead of Cronkite. This is Walter Concrete. But you know here. what? Don't you? Teachers that are out of the box like that, you yeah. never have forgotten her. Never. What was her name? Do you remember? That was Mrs. Tibbetts. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, like, it's amazing. So when you give your Oscar speech, you're going to say thanks to Mrs. Tibbetts. That's right. I Ellen mean, Tibbetts. She definitely helped spurn that, uh, or not spurn, but uh, flower that. Uh, and then, you know, everybody, then you right? came back to the see, classroom and be like, where were you? Now, this Ooh. is the difference between Mike the actor and Eddie the actor. Mike will impersonate people and they think it's brilliant. I do it and they go, could you just give us your real voice? <laughs> Because the only one I can do is Ross Perot. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that really is true. Most I, people I, I don't, don't even know who he is. He just died. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so many times he said, well, let's hear your voice. And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> I, I don't even remember I don't know who it was. was. My wife doesn't even know my voice. <laughs> exactly. I mean, do you, do, you have to, do, you, do you have to think about that when you're going back into your natural voice? Do you have to think about going into your natural voice? He do doesn't, but I me. do. yeah. You do? Yeah. I do. I really do because it's like I'm so used to putting a layer of something on it, you know. I, you know, I do a lot of accented stuff, but now there's there's not as much call for accented stuff unless you're doing like a period piece, you know. They don't want you to do an accent unless you're actually a native speaker. A lot of times, right. they'll even casting. I'll say if you're not a native speaker. And I do some of them impeccably, but they still want a native speaker. Because, you know, if they asked me to do an accent, I said, do you want the offensive Hispanic voice right. or, you know, what? Yeah, because it's, it's just, it's, it's a cartoon. Right. You know, I mean, like, it's not right. Everybody's going day. more towards the realistic right. on yeah. all of that stuff because there's... Unless you know, it's the super are, comedy stuff where you're allowed to paint with a bigger brush in a sense. Right. right. Okay, so when... You uh, are going into certain voices, though. Like, how much time do you need in your mind to be like, okay, this is where I'm going. This is the this is how I'm changing my voice to develop that new character or get in get back into that character. Like, like people who speak well you know, several dep- languages, they ha- sometimes they translate it in their own head and stuff like that. Well, you know, there there's the luxury of time. If you're doing an audition where you're going to submit something. You obviously had a lot of time to noodle and to figure out exactly what you're going to do. But a lot of times, you're hired for the job. You come in there, you look at the image, and now instantaneously come up with something that's going to work. And the, and the director's going to say yes or no. And then you're going to try another one. He's going to say yes or no. And pretty much by three strikes, and you're pretty, I'm not going to say you're out. You won't be fired. But, I mean, within three, you better be able to come hey, up with could, something could that works. Can we get an alt on that? Hey, Eddie, could you try it? Right. You know, and, yeah, and, that's right. And you never take it personally. No, As yeah. actors, it's like, you know, because it's really, you're just, you, you want to give them what their idea of exactly. it is. Exactly. The thing that's funny, though, is you really are. You're given a picture, like on the, you know, on the sign here, and then you just come up with it. So, typically, I was always just, just do your real voice. Yeah. Um, but, like, Frax was one of those things where it's a robot, and it's a weird-looking robot, and so we tried a bunch of robot voice doing the different thing, and then for whatever reason it became this stupid thing, and and it's like and it has it's not even robot it's 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 weird, but it seems to fit his face, and we all laughed, and that's just what it became. But again, we thought it was three lines in two episodes. So this was okay, master. You know, I went through the know. same thing when I did squat. When I when I did squat. They had an image of it, and then they had a character description. It said, 
He is part blueberry and part mutant, <laughs> and his brain is the size of an apricot. And I went, okay, so this guy is stupid, and he's got a large jaw. And he's very confused. And I, <laughs> and I ended up there, Bridget Rita. <laughs> uh, so it sounds like Mike Reynolds getting pinched. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my whole career, thank you, Michael, is based on Mike Reynolds, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I've been doing all these years. Just different and, versions and, of that. Mike Mike has passed, hasn't he? Or is no, he I don't still, think he's he still has. around. I, I thought so because I hadn't heard. me this. Like, I know, but he's got to be almost 90. He's got to be 90 Just years old. Just one of God those absolute him. characters, but that's his voice, and yeah. and and yeah. What was what was the joke? We were saying it again last night about oh, made yeah. more money off of you than yeah, you. Yeah, so we were playing poker. A bunch of us voice actors were playing poker. Boy, you want to be a fly on that no one, right? No kidding. Hilarious. And uh, Steve Apostolino is a very talented uh, voice actor. He does a lot of television shows. He does a lot of voice replacement. A lot of the wall of the group stuff we're talking about. Uh, he got beaten a hand by Mike Reynolds. And as Mike was scooping in the chips, he's going, hoo, 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 this is lovely. And Steve looked at him with a very straight face and said, Mike, this is not right. I'm the only person at this table who hasn't made a living with your voice. <laughs> <laughs> and you're taking all my money. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that is, that's priceless. I mean, how much, I mean, how much of it, when you're putting work into it is, not so much stealing, but homage, or at least, you know, an Well, idea. here's what you do. You try to morph it a little bit. Yeah, but, exactly. but it's such a great character thing, a base. Yeah. You know? So when you see a certain character, you go, oh, that's Reynolds with my little flair on right. it, right? Or, or even though you might be imitating that person, your individual vocal cords are going to sound different unless you're trying to actually match him. And then changing either the rate of speech, the placement of the tone inside your mouth, you know, that's the great thing. When I was in college, I was lucky enough to take a vocal production class. And we studied all that. And we studied American phonetic, which no one studies anymore. No. Which is actually a phonetic alphabet for every sound there is. So literally, you can write it out, you know, on a piece of paper. And you can do a southern accent, even though you've never done a southern accent, as long as you value those tones correctly, as long as you're honest with those tones. So that was a great, great lesson in terms of technically understanding what it takes to do what you do and then of course if you grow up in nashville you just talk like that naturally though <laughs> yeah see now that's a placement in the that's in the middle of the mouth that's not the front of that and then when you're doing british of course you're, you're focusing your it's a little bit more farther forward in the mouth depending on what you're doing <laughs> so now you know that's an interesting thing that you bring up because uh, I've always heard, and you see it now because a lot of English actors get cast in Southern roles. Yeah. Why is it that it's so easy, for, not easy, but at least an easy transition to go from English accent to Southerner action, accent? I don't know. For but For people that study the voice. But growing up in the South, it makes me crazy, actors that do Southern accents. Uh -huh. Because... It's so stereotypical. God love her, Vivian Lee ruined it for everybody. Because I'm sorry, you know, every, uh, everybody from the South isn't from South Carolina. Right. They aren't. That's true. They aren't. Right. They don't have the soft eyes. They have hard R's. They're yeah. from Alabama and Arkansas and Mississippi. And they, they it's hard R's, not soft eyes. Right. It's like that South Carolina and Plains, Georgia, and parts of Louisiana. Yeah. You know? But I would so, answer that by saying the British actor and even the Australian actors. It's a different school of vocal production and the way that they are taught theater. They are technically more technical, no doubt about it. Yeah. And as a result, I feel like vocally they're a little superior 
until we catch up, you know. And, and I think like we have caught up, but I think it's 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 you know it's on an individualistic basic basis. You can't really say, well, English actors are better voice actors than we are, but they are able to do that American accent. And some people like us, you know, I can do three or four different English accents. I think most people they can do one English accent, or right. they can do one Mid-Atlantic accent, and that's it. You know, just an example of current day that I think is amazing. Saoirse Ronan is oh, wow. unbelievable because you hear her in her native Irish, oh, and yeah. it's hard to understand. It is a thick brogue, and she comes off completely believable as a 16-year-old from Sacramento. I, it's true. So I, th I think she's one of the, the best right now at having really natural-sounding accents from a variety of different things. But it's a skill. It's it like is. You, got, it, it, you have to go to the vocal gym. You have to do all your reps to be able to have that so that it's a preset and you can just hit it right away rather than you're struggling with each phrase or you need a dialogue coach there to hold your hand the whole time. Yeah, like are you, are you either one of you watching the new show on HBO, The Outsider? Because you got four, four actors on that show right now, all from England that are doing Southerner, Alabama, Tennessee accents. They mumble a lot too. They right? do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that helps a little bit when you go and do that thing. You just mumble a little bit and it works. Uh... Okay, so when, okay. when you're at conventions like this, mm -hmm. when you have fans come up to you, yeah, what's the one fandom that they usually refer to for you? Like, do you get one more than others? Oh, I always get Power Rangers Power because Rangers? I did so many of the monsters on there, and I did Squat, and so many people grew up with that. I think that's my, I think that's probably my number one recognition one. But now, you know, I just did a. There's a show called Mob Psycho 100. And I do like the evil character on there. It was really nice. It's fun. And when people see me, they're like, oh, it's Dimple. And so that's pretty <laughs> cool. And Dimple is like, he's, the, uh, he's that bad angel. He's on this side of your shoulder, Bob. It's really fun. And, and Mike fun Sorich playing evil is great acting. <laughs> I don't know about that. But it's kind of a stretch because as we both used to work for Ed Mannix, right. Ed would always cast me in these things. And I'm really gave a nice me my first person, job. pretty basically. And he would always like, he'd have me playing like these, these guys that had like, you know, raped their sister. I mean, just the most awful, heinous people in the world. And I, I turned to him one time, I said, Ed, Ed, why do you always have me play the bad guys? He goes, well, because it's such a stretch for you, Mike. <laughs> you know, you know, you're a nice guy, but I, I don't like to see you as a nice guy. And he had one of these voices. Yeah. yeah. He, was, I mean, but he had that Boston thing he, going. He had a little uh, Boston yeah. there, you yeah. know, <laughs> from the Hobbit Yard. <laughs> Indeed. How about you? What, what's the, the most uh, property that you usually get recognized for at, at these conventions? Well, uh, you know, they, they're such a – the Power Rangers community is so huge. Mm -hmm. So Frax is a big one. Um, but there's, you know, so many people that saw, you know, Kiki's Delivery Service because they redubbed it but left me as Tombo. So there's like a lot of, there's, there's lots of things that became bigger later on that people remember. But it always goes back to that first big job for me, which was doing Lynn Kyle on Robotech, you know. Wow. It's like when we yeah. met, you know, because it was the most meaningful one to me. It's the first time I had my name in credits. It was every day in the afternoon after school. It was the first yeah. anime. That's right. In in American television history that was on every day. Right. It was a big deal it back then. It was serialized, then. right. You know. Um, and, and I remember even producers saying, you know, all those guys who ended up doing the show the second time around with us, right. they said literally we were like 12 years old and we would run home because it was on at 4 o'clock. Right, we right had after to school. See, 
Robotech. And it was a grown-up show. It was yeah. for us. Right, right. Yeah. And I did Sparks on that one. And it was so funny. And then 25 years later, they came back and they did the movie. Right. They they actually bought Harmony Gold, these two kids that were Robotech fans, right. and made the movie, the Shadow and Chronicles. So, then, uh, so they called me and said, well, you're going to be doing the character of Sparks. Do you, do you remember him? And I'm like... No. no. <laughs> and so then, so then I came back and I remember I was in the session. And they go, okay, we're gonna play you your voice. And it's so weird because it was literally hearing my voice. This is the longest property in right. terms of span from when I first. This was like it 1985. It's literally 25 years. And it was so funny to hear. Hi, I'm Michael Sorich. <laughs> I had like a younger textured voice, right. <laughs> but I was able to match it. But it, it was just crazy because. You never think it's going to be, you know, any property is going to be like that. Right. And what an honor to just get asked to do it yeah. again because they used Mark Hamill and a uh, oh, gal yeah. who was in the Star Trek Next Generation. You know, they had a lot of different like current voices that Iona they put Morris in it. Was in the but great. and my character Kyle was blown up. Oh, spoiler alert! Oh. At the, the end, the end of the Macross saga, the, <laughs> the planet blows up. Um, but so they had me do Dr. Louis Nichols, and that was kind of fun and weird because he was sort of in love with the Star Trek gal who was a robot. Right, right, right. Yeah. It was, but it was really kind of fun to be in the same room with her recording the stuff because oh, she, yeah. I can't remember her name, but gorgeous and fun and sweet. So there. There you go. That's my two cents. <laughs> so before getting involved in either Robotech or Power Rangers as, a, as an actor, as a performer, did you know about those communities being so large, those fandoms? Or was that a surprise no. once you know? No, I think when we first started, it was like we it's were like, recording who watches for this? ourselves, <laughs> and we never thought any of this stuff would see the light of day. And and it was at the very beginning of a video, like right. a, you know, they so you know they weren't selling everything on VHS or you know, I mean, it, when we started doing this, they were it, Betamax was just disappearing. Mm. That is true, you know, and and. Uh, and so it was kind of wild if you went into a video store and any of this stuff was on the shelf, you know, because it was a real rare thing. You know, um, I'd like to address what you just said is, you know, when we first started, uh, the... Masquerade contest. Oh, yeah. I'll wait a second and then I'll, I'll readdress this. As I was going to say, I'd like to address what Eddie was just talking about. When we first started doing this, it was so long ago that we were not doing digital recording. At the time, we would record to two-inch tape, oh, and then wow. they would have to slide it, and they would, and they could move it like one or two frames. But really, your performance lived in time, right, in the timing that you hit. They couldn't, fix and that's it why with they originally called them loopers because it was actually in the old days, before we even started, it would be a loop of film. They would loop a piece of film over and over, over and you would keep doing tape. it and keep doing it until you hit it. And we developed the skills. Of, there were no beeps when we started. People talk about three beeps to lead you in, and then on the fourth imaginary beep, you come in. So that really helps and, you and with the And for those who don't it. know what that is, you know, when when there's the pre-roll on a thing that you're dubbing, it goes beep, beep, beep. And on the imaginary on the fourth, fourth is where the cue starts. Yeah, where you come in. But in the old days, we started, and they didn't have that. So you'd literally, there'd be a thing called the time code, which is a time signature that is done when they film it. And you had to look at those numbers, which were whirling like a digital clock, 
and you knew, okay. Down to the frame. So, so Eddie, I want you to hit this cue when it hits 16 bang on, 16 seconds. 16 bang on, or 16 wow. plus, or 16 plus plus. Right, right, right. Which, Which and is those would to indicate, 17. Would, and those would indicate actually frames. We're getting a little nerdy here with this <laughs> explanation, but, but you know, but there's. But we were proud of being good at it. Absolutely. And, so, and then the beeps came along, and now they have. Uh, and now it's things, all computerized. All computerized. They also have a thing called voice cue where they literally, some people call it vocal karaoke because it, it, it's time generated. The, the line is generated onto the screen, so you don't have to do a fixation and look up from the script. There's no longer any script. The script is literally superimposed on the screen underneath, and when it hits a certain mark, if it's written correctly, you're able to just hit the sync like there's no tomorrow. But and we were talking about this last night because you know because we do uh, looping and voice replacement in movies and TV too, where there's a bad actor and you're revoicing a bad actor or or whatever. Or no be. dialogue was written for <clears throat> right. it. And and if Mike or I are doing it and it's not perfect. It bothers us, Absolutely. and they're going, nah, we're fine, moving on. Yeah, that's okay. And you're like, oh my gosh, just let me do it one more time. I'll yeah. nail it, because that's what we, you right. know, we, 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 we earned pride our diapers doing that. That's why we pride and, ourselves but, on that. But they'll just digitally slide it, or they'll expand it and make right. it fit, and, and it's like, okay, I understand the technology, but I could, I could save you. Yeah, I could save a lot you three of time, minutes. right, with, with my performance. I could do it again and just bang it out. And it'll be a better line reading. Absolutely. But, but, you know, but we've learned now with all that digital stuff, just go, okay, whatever. Yeah, if yeah. you're happy, Let then we're happy. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would just want to say thank you, and I look forward to our, our panel later. Thank and you, Mitch. If you have a social media that you want to give out be, now would be a great time to absolutely do it. hey please find me on my new instagram m underscore s-o-r-i-c-h that's I th it i think i'm dwar beast on my instagram d-w-a-r-b-e-a-s-t and i have a twitter but i mostly just respond in a negative way toward the president <laughs> on that and that's uh, uh -huh. so if, if you know if you're so of that ilk or, or you want to yell at me if you're not of that ilk then it's at frierson38 there you go at twitter yeah uh, if i can get you to both sign out with me that'd be great all you have to do is say geek out after i say always remember to leak okay. out geek Oh, out. <laughs> leak out's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm that's, going that's, through now. That's what you're doing. Exactly. You know, I'm wearing a diaper here. right now. I'm yeah, going to leak out as soon as we get done. <laughs> I was gonna say, that's, that's a different podcast okay. altogether. <laughs> we gonna do what, it a podcast? What? Yeah. I'm wearing a pad. Oh, oh, we oh not that kind of pad. Okay. And then say geek out I'll together? Give you the three right. beeps. Okay. Okay. Give us the beeps. So this is Mitch on the floor of the Blazing Desert Comic Con in San Luis, Arizona, saying, always remember to... Geek out. I don't know I how you're supposed giving to us be the beeps. Let's try it again. I can't do the beeps and talk. I'll, I'll do the beeps. Okay. Reminding you Always two, together. I'll do the beeps, and then we'll do it. Okay. Okay. Go again from the top. It's okay. It's, Come all, on, it's Mitch, digital. It's okay. We can erase it. We can, we can, we can do this. edit all of yeah. that. All right. And take two. Ah, this is Mitch from the convention floor of Blazing Desert Comic Con in San Luis, Arizona, saying, always remember to beep, beep, beep. Geek out. That's perfect. That's perfect. This concludes our broadcast. <laughs>